0: Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? It's the Main Green Nation podcast. Welcome to it. Days are always a little sweeter, you know. Sun shines a little brighter. The bed feels a little cozier after a mean green wind. The um, nights get a little longer. <laughs> yeah, tonight was just a little. Longer. I feel like I had like an extra hour to sleep, you know, <laughs> to just kind of. Okay. Uh Sorry, I'm, I'm tweeting the same. Um, folks, homecoming. Uh, North Texas uh, blew out FIU fifty-two to fourteen. Um, you know, I, I realized I didn't realize that I predicted that on Nation dot com the preview that I wrote day of it literally like hour be an hour before, and I mean, it was kind of a, a busy week. If you like, are like, wait, where you what's going on there, buddy? Uh, where's where's the production that I expect from my hard earned? You know, dollar or whatever. Uh, You know, I was busy. I was doing stuff. Uh, Halloween kind of threw me off. Do the whole schedule off. Do the kids' schedule off. Do my schedule off. That's how it works. Right? You see why. Like, coaches get all uh, crazy about, like, a weird week. They're like, yeah, just everything's different. Everything's different. Now our Tuesdays are Mondays. Or Mondays are Wednesdays. You know, they get all crazy like that. That's what happened to me. Uh, But in the prediction, I, you know, I said 50 to 17. And it was fifty-two, seventeen. What does that mean for me? Am I a uh, master prognosticator? I don't know. I think I just got lucky. Uh, how are you doing on this fine Sunday morning, Mister Aldo?
1: Yeah, I've got my uh, mean green coffee, my North Texas coffee. I am. Uh, it, it feels good to just wake up and be like, "Oh yeah, you know, North Texas taking care of business. It's all right." <laughs> yeah, it's like a little sting.
0: Out of the, the Astros winning. I did not watch the World Series game. Um, I, I think in my sports brain, baseball has been dropping a little bit um, yeah, for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I
1: mean, <laughs> I forgot that the World Series <laughs> was this week.
0: Yeah, I, I saw, I got, I got tweet notifications. All right, so in homecoming history, North Texas overall is 50 24 and 1. Uh, I'm not going to read you all the games, but um, we've played FIU quite a number of times. Um, Like, we played them in 2006. We won 25-22. We've played FIU in 2010. 34-10 losers we were to FIU. They beat us on homecoming. I I think I remember that game. Um, We beat them, um, I think that was the last time we played them. Uh, we got like a few UTEPs in there, a couple, couple, <laughs> a couple bad losses. In 2015, Portland State came in and won 66 to seven. So I mean, when people were like, "Oh, you're not embarrassed by that loss, to UNLV?" Why? No, no, I'm not because I, can, I, <laughs> I cannot be embarrassed. But well, I'm, I'm highlighting that North Texas is very good on homecoming. We've <laughs> won the last one, two, three, four, five. Five games since 2017, basically since Seth Luttrells had. Uh, his squad, I mean, he coached in that 2016 one. But since 2017, when, you know, he sort of had a full year, um, undefeated. Beat UTEP 45-10, Rice 41-17, UTEP 52-26. Um, what else? Uh, Rice again, 27-17. UTEP 20-17. That was last year. That was kind of a weird season. Uh, you know, made it happen.
1: And then, of course, is I wonder how that scheduling works. You know, does the school say, "Hey, let's have our homecoming on um, the we, week we know we can beat that guy." <laughs> well, I think
0: I mean it, it kind of corresponds like the university calendar and all kinds of other stuff. But it's always going to be around. Yeah, I mean they don't they don't pick the best opponent. I, I mean, I, to tell you the truth, I don't know. I know that there's a lot of factors, and I think some teams are like, let's get the biggest opponent in so people will come. Other people know they have a big crowd; they'll boost the attendance numbers by saying. We'll put a team that nobody really cares about because we know people are going to come to the game. So that would be a low-ticket sale day, and now it's a high-ticket sale day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you kind of deploy your resources accordingly. Um, yeah, because I mean, I think in November, I know we, like in 2013, like I went to this game, uh, North Texas beat UTEP 41-7, and then the following week we played UTSA. Right, That was that was the deal in that one. All right, so North Texas bowl eligible. Uh, uh, Seth trail has a worse record in bowl games than he does in homecoming games. In fact, Seth Trail has is what 0 and 5, right? Lost to Army, Windy's. Troy. yeah, Utah State, Appalachian State, and Miami of Ohio in the Frisco Football Classic. Let me tell you, Frisco Football Classic, uh, great memories that. You know, uh, I think my dad played in that game, and then my granddad played in that game. <laughs>
1: It's a classic. Yeah. Oh, is that why they call it that? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, all the way back to Mr. Frisco himself. He founded it. He's like, "Come here, kids, play a little football." <laughs> Jeff Frisco. <laughs> I thought his name was Todd. Was Todd Frisco. No? Todd Frisco <laughs> from 1901. Uh, all right, so good times yesterday, right? Lots of here's another thing that I found out, right? 623 yards uh, total yards, right? In that game, um, that's the third 600 plus yard game for North Texas this season. They did it to Texas Southern, which is less impressive. It's an FCS school. But they did it to Louisiana Tech. I mean, you know, you can say, well, Louisiana Tech sucks. Um, And so does FIU. But three times, 600-plus yards uh, in a game. What does that mean? Well, before that, North Texas had only done it seven times ever, right? Seven times total three times have been this season so a total of 10 um and eight of them I think it is have come under Seth Luttrell. does that change your impression of him
1: Any? I mean it, it is highly impressive I'm I I'm not gonna take that away from him um being able to be that Wait, what do you what do the NCAA huh taking
0: people's records away is that what? <laughs> do you have that power no,
1: the, the the accolade the, the <laughs> The commendation, I don't know what you want to call it. But he's not know. medals you
0: can strip off his shirt, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay,
0: I, I, I interrupted. Go ahead, please.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. He, uh, he's he been able to produce pretty productive offenses, and it's very impressive that he's been able to do it. Uh, sometimes, depending on the squads he's got, um, you know. And ne- if you would have asked me, I never would have thought that we would have Put up that much offense? Now, maybe not even 500 yards in a single game
0: uh, this season. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I thought maybe once or twice, right? Like it's like weaker opponents. A couple things like yards are inflated nowadays, right? Like if you look at the entire list, there's nothing from, you know, uh, the 90s. Well, there's two from the 90s. One against uh, Louisiana Lafayette in 1969, and one against Cincinnati in nineteen sixty eight, where we had five hundred and seventy nine yards total offense both times. Uh the rest of that, right, the list of five hundred yards games, um, is a lot of two is a lot of twenty in front of it, right? Two zero. Um and you know, like offense has been more prolific. North Texas also had better teams, but you know, some of that just North Texas football uh being very conservative throughout its history. Not a lot of offense. And we we said we thought Seth Rachel was going to come in here and put some offense on the board. And he has, right? In his time here, I think every year that they've played except for the 2016 season has been the best or one of like the top five offenses in in North Texas history. So kudos to him. It's just another indicator. Uh, While we're focusing on the details, like the overall story of North Texas football is one of a powerful offense, right? And we can feel that it's not as productive as it could be. Right, I and mean, in that way, you're very much like a coach. Like, yeah, yeah, I know you score, but, you know, you put did put the ball on his left hip like I wanted you to put. You know, and you start getting whatever. You're like, hey, we won the game. <laughs> we we blew him out. Six hundred twenty-three yards of offense. That's incredible. Uh, so incredible, and in that it's uh, it slots in as the one, two, three, four, the fourth all time, fifth, fifth all time, right under the Navy game in two thousand seven, right above the SMU game in two thousand seven that same season. That was a weird season that that uh, two thousand seven year. That was Todd Dodge years.
1: Yeah, except this year, this season we're getting wins instead of you know, completely, <laughs> yeah,
0: wiped out. By the way, that SMU game that was that was against Phil Bennett. So Phil Bennett has seen the six hundred, the, the like sixth or you know, oh, mm-hmm. I, I'm messing it up because I forgot we did six seventy one against uh, Louisiana Tech, which is third all time. So I bump all that down one step. Anyway. There's a list on Mingrenation.com. I wrote a recap of the game. said some of this stuff. You can check it out there. and You can see the list and you can look at it. Uh, shout out to the athletic department for publishing the... Well, it used to be the record and fact, fact book is now the UNT Football Media Almanac. Whatever. Rebranded. Um, so there you go. I, I just don't know these things in case you're wondering. Like, Man, that guy just knows stuff. He just pulled out... It, there's a, there's, they publish it. Um... All right, so here's the other thing. Austin Ani has 28 touchdown passes. After throwing five in this game, and uh, a very good five, I thought one of them was a little inflated, right? <laughs> he does a little touch pass. I think this is for all quarterbacks, by the way. It's not Austin Ani hate. A little touch pass to Jordan Smart, and then he takes it. It's basically a run play, right? There's The only thing, there's like three inches between <laughs> Ani doing a little toss and Smart <laughs> catching it. Uh, so is that the same as putting the ball in the air 67 yards and putting it on the guy's left shoulder over the top of the defense? Uh, no, it's not. But they are counted the same, right? To, to the stat book doing, you know, <laughs> the little toss pass hey. and putting the ball in the air 85 yards are the same
1: exact thing. <laughs> I don't know if you ever played ESPN 2K5, <laughs> uh, but I had to. Make, uh, well, I think it was 50 completions in a row or 100 completions in a row. So, I, so I did uh <laughs> shovel pass 100 times in a row, and, and it counts. It's a, pa- a pass, is <laughs> a pass
0: stat padding. Uh, well, you know, okay, in that case, <laughs> you know, um, well, so he, he had five touchdown passes. Jordan Smart took that one to the house. Uh, Jerry Shorter has now caught 32 percent. Uh, 32% of his passes have been touchdown passes. He caught two that's today. Ridiculous. Two touchdowns. Uh, he had a little concussion thing, I think. I'm not, I don't know if it was a concussion. But he caught it. He landed on his head, and he was kind of holding his head. Um, I don't think that's good. Uh, but you know, keep an eye out for that. We might not have him for UAB. I think they should kind of hold him back. Um, the good news is that after UAB, there's a bye, and then it's rice. So we got time. Uh, and I'll get I'll get to the Ani stats in a second, but I just quickly say, great game, right Like the offense did what we expected down a couple runners right we We came into the game with Ioodeji and um and uh what's his name uh Ikaka Ragsdale and we left the game with just <laughs> Ikaka Ragsdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adeji hurt his ankle or something and that, I mean he wasn't walking on it. Uh, remember that Attaway against Western Kentucky, he was out. He, you know, hurt his leg or something like that, and then non-targeting call apparently. And then before that, Isaiah Johnson l- jumped up after the touchdown and then rolled his ankle against UTSA. So what were, what was a group of four running backs that could all start and, and bring something to the table is now a one running back group. And, um, you know, we saw a little bit of Quaylen Ferrar. So somebody texted me, like, what about that Oak Cliff kid? Uh, we couldn't remember his name. And then and then he popped up on the screen. Quaylen Ferrar out of South Oak Club. And then BK Jackson got some time. I expect that we'll see a little bit more time from them, but uh, it's probably going to be like 90-10 in terms of percentage of, of run carries. So we're all looking at Ikaka um, Ragsdale here. Um, and hopefully some of these other guys get back. It's that time of season. It's a war of attrition. This is where your depth shows, you know. It doesn't matter if you have a... Uh, a pro caliber starter because you're going to need to use your backup at least a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I just want to point out that <clears throat> Kaika Ragsdale is a big guy. He is six foot 216. Um, BK Jackson would be his, basically, I guess his backup because he's 5'11, 220. So they've got those prototypical running yeah. back size. Well, Quaylen Farouh is five, six, 190, Who's and then he's more of that DeAndre Torrey type of, type of guy. Change of pace, catch yeah. passes. So it's it, it sucks that we're losing those running backs. We should have plenty of guys to pick up the the slack. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, fun. You know, just thinking about DeAndre Torre. We always expected him to be like you said, a change of pace back. But he finished his season like he had twelve hundred and fifteen yards, which tied one of uh Lance Dunbar, or Jeff Wilson's, you know, single season one. Mm-hmm. He's like I think he tied Patrick Cobbs in the number of touchdowns scored. Like DeAndre Torrey is underrated overall and some of that is he played during the pandemic. Uh, and he played for some poor North Texas teams. But uh DeAndre Torrey, very good running back from North Texas. So if Quaylen Ferrar could have a DeAndre Torrey career here. That wouldn't be a bad career at all. Um, all right, so some injuries, and I think I saw uh, we had a lineman injured. Do you remember? Do you remember
1: seeing that one? Uh, I remember seeing on the, him on the ground. I don't know how he got injured.
0: Okay, yeah, and I mean, the other thing is that we're not gonna know anything about these guys. Like uh, they keep it very, very close to the vest, right? So you just you know they'll, they'll probably still list. They'll list uh, everybody uh, as the starters. I'm like, really, this guy's gonna start? Uh, I don't, I don't know that that's
1: the case. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, when uh, was it? Ayo that, that got hurt? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, when he when when he got off the field, he was just carried. He he didn't even touch the ground. Both trainers carried him off the field. Uh,
0: Gabe Blair. Yeah, that's who. That's who. I don't know what what the situation is. Gabe Blair has started every single game. Um. Right. So, again, your depth is going to be tested. Uh, that's not something that you. you know, I mean, like we saw versus UTSA, right? They they lost two, three of their tackles, and they had like a defensive tackle playing left tackle out there. It happens. Um. I hope you know. Hopefully, everybody gets better. Here's here's some some notes about Austinani. Um. You know, he threw for four hundred yards. That was the first four hundred yard game in his career. It's the eleventh all time, the eleventh such game. Uh, a lot of guys have had one: Scott Davis, Giovanni Vita, Mitch Mar, Daniel Mager. When he had the all-time six hundred one <laughs> yards passing, that guy was like such a crazy game. I was at that game, and I remember like telling my now wife, who's my girlfriend at the time, I was like, uh, "I don't the you know my phone. was back in the day; your phone didn't really get good reception. You know, I was lucky to maybe get." Anything. Uh, I was like. Casey Fitzgerald, I think he's he's had a lot of yards. He's catching everything. And so he did. He had like 300 yards uh, receiving. Uh, Mason Fine has three 400-yard games. Steve Ramsey has two. Uh, Scott Davis, Vita, Mar, Mager, Josh Gulley in 1995. I don't know that guy. And now Austin Ani are the list of 400-yard uh, game-throwers havers. <laughs> um,
1: there you go. Yeah, so Austin Ani is, what, 22 nationally? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's having, by a lot of measures, a very good season. Um, this is all like also 300 yard games. Mason Fine has had 18 in his career or had 18 from 2016 to 2019. 18 in his career. Austin Ani has what, nine? Nine now? Is it ninth? Derek Thompson, by the way, I saw somebody ask this, had seven in his career. So, what does all that mean? Well, it means Austin having a great season. Yeah, For every all the yeah, all the criticism that we've had about him, and I think it's been warranted. You know, like in this game, he threw an awful pick six. He threw two interceptions, both of which were pretty terrible. Um, you know, but I thought the second one, where he threw it right at the linebacker and he intercepted it, that was that was very bad.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Like I was watching it, and I think it popped out of his hands and it just you know dropped into the linebacker's <laughs> chest. <laughs> Um, the other one, I was watching it uh, unfold because, uh, you know, on the first play of the game when, uh, I guess it was Jake Roberts that broke free, like we saw it and we are like, yo, he's open. He threw it out there. He caught it. Uh, and then when, um, was it Burns, I guess, that was targeted on the interception, mm-hmm. you saw the ball go up and I was like, oh, it's short, it's short, it's short. And that sure is. enough, it got intercepted. And it's the same issue that that he's had downfield uh, is is not being quite so accurate down the sidelines.
0: Yeah, I think uh, he – we sort of criticize him for overthrowing guys, right? He, he throws a good deep ball. And that's why they like him. But I thought that he – you know, like he he can work on, on that touch. And then I think he's sort of cor- overcorrected that way sometimes, right? And he'll throw it too short. And then you get interceptions like that. Uh, overall, I don't think that's bad. If you want to miss, you want to give your guys a chance maybe, right? You know, uh, I don't think that's terrible. You're going to throw some interceptions. I know Seth Trill told us before, like, yeah, you're going to throw deep. you can take some more chances. You will throw some more interceptions. So they don't necessarily mind those kind, right? You throw a deep interception down there. But I think the little rollout, throw it to the guy, and he returns it for six. By the way, great hustle by Jamori Macklin, by Akaka Ragsdale, sprinting to get that guy gave North Texas a chance, a chance to recover it at the one. Uh, I thought the team responded well. Austin Ani went down to his fifth touchdown pass, right? Um, five touchdown passes in the first half, which I think tied a conference USA record. All right, so um, here's the other thing. The other thing I thought was interesting. The single season leader for uh, touchdown passes is 31. You might remember, since it was just a couple seasons ago, that, that it's held by Mason Fine, right? He had 31 in 2017. Uh, he had 29 in 2019. He had 27 in 2018. Um, those three seasons are one, two, and three, or at least one, two, and three, all time in North Texas history, coming into this year. Austin Ani now has 28, so he is now the owner of third place. He bumped Mason Fine down a peg, at least the 2018 version of him. Uh, Ani has 28 scores. And by virtue of winning yesterday, they basically in- in- made it you know, so that there's going to be two extra games. So we play UAB, play Rice, then a conference championship game. We'll talk about that in a second. And bowl game. Uh, now they yeah, count so the bowl games. A yeah, lot so. more
1: opportunities for touchdowns.
0: Yeah, four games. Uh, and Austin Oni, I think he's averaging, what is he averaging, about a touchdown a game or something like that, two touchdowns a game? see,
1: 28 divided by 10, so 2.8 touchdowns per game. Live, live math. So that's 12 more <laughs> touchdowns to go?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, I guess it's three. You're running up. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he could put this you know, thing. You
1: can't pass a, a point .8 of a touchdown.
0: <laughs> yeah, he could put this thing way out there. Like, you know I mean? You, you throw it for five in a game, right? It increases your average. Um, but I could reasonably see him have 40. That's what you're saying, 12, right? We got 28 mm-hmm. now. I could see him having 40. Now, I think it's probably going to be somewhere around like 33, 34, something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm hoping like 35. But, but consider the situation, right? Three running backs down, you're going to be relying a lot more on a pass game, even if it's that little touch pass game, right? Jordan Smart touchdown pass that was a run, but it counts, right? Just you know, it it doesn't matter. But consider for the overall thing, like you know, if we're like, look, if you set a, uh, a an all time record here at North Texas, then you go to the North Texas Hall of Fame. That's basically our, our rough thing there. If Austin Donnie sets a touch the season later, he's gonna go in the Hall of Fame, North Texas Hall of Fame. That's uh quite an accomplishment for a guy that I think it's fair to say was universally regarded as a disappointing <laughs> disappointing news when he was like all right austin annie's their starter i was like oh no
1: not this guy 28 I mean, I touchdown passes. i don't want to take that away from him it's not his fault right it's the no. coach's fault yeah. so so he has been able to do what he's what he can with mm-hmm. what he has and yeah. credit to him for stepping up and credit to the coaches for changing up the scheme to more adapt to his uh ceiling his limitations
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like those are table stakes in a lot of ways, though, right? Like, you're, if I'm a coach, aren't you supposed to like design a game plan for your players? All right, I don't want to get any criticism. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah. no, you're completely right. It's not a criticism. It's you're you're completely right. That that should have been the case from the beginning. And I think we could have set up Asadani for success a lot sooner than than, you know, four games into the season or whatever.
0: Uh, regardless of what happens, because Ani has said a bunch of times that he's not coming back. Uh, that he's gonna try to go pro. He will finish as a fourth place, uh, career leader in touchdown passes. He has fifty one now. He just passed Scott Hall, uh, Samuel Clemens, shirts Clemens alum Scott Hall, um, just like Frank Harris, by the way, just like myself. Um, he'll finish fourth all time. It's, it'll be fifty one. Uh, he is 51 now. Even if he threw 12 more, he would still be short of Mitch Mayer's 67. So, Asanani, fourth all-time in touchdown passes at North Texas. That's pretty much uh, guaranteed. Um, I mean, I think he's going to break all the, uh, or at least lead all the yards per attempt, yards per um, completion, that kind of stuff. Right now, yards per attempt. Uh, at least coming into the season, I think it's it's boosted right now. Asanani was second all time, seven point seven eight seven. Scott Hall seven point eight three three. In case you're wondering, um, and then yards per completion is Asanani. He's a leader, fourteen point seven five yards per completion. Scott Hall fourteen point one five. So by the way third on that list, Dejon Williams. There's a lot of dudes that only threw the ball a couple times, and completed like seven passes and they all went for, you know, long passes. Like I'm going to read you the list for yards for completion. Austin Ani, Scott Hall, Dejon Williams, Jason Bean, Matt Phillips, Andrew Smith, Mason Fine, Derek Thompson, Andrew McNulty, Jace Ruder. You now, a lot of guys that didn't McNulty. complete. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so, yards for completion, I don't really look at that. It's yards per attempt that I look at. Um,
1: so, just want to point it out real quick. Uh, yeah. uh, Austinani's fifth in the nation this season and, uh, for yards per attempt and uh, tied for third for touchdowns.
0: All right. What is his uh, his uh, QB rating or his passing efficiency rating?
1: Uh, let's see. It's Austinani,
0: 163. All right. I can... I think that's the, the second all-time at North Texas. Uh, Mitch Mears, 1994 season. He had 190. Um, here's the other part. The passage of efficiency all-time. Mason Fine had a 140 rating. Austin Ani coming into this e- season had a 128.5. I don't think Austin is boosting up his uh, his efficiency rating too high right now um, just because he, he throws a lot of interceptions, but... You know what are you gonna do and then he doesn't really complete a lot of passes uh efficiently career was it five 52 percent completion rating anyway there's a lot in common it's funny there's a lot in common crazy. With, with there's a lot in common with like a Scott Hall some of these old-time uh, uh, offenses that ran the ball a lot like you know and then did a lot of play action and threw it deep and didn't really care like that's essentially our offense now but just in a modern way now it's like RPO game and kinds of other stuff. But what you have is essentially the same kind of offense. That's why the completion percentage is like 55%, you know, ridiculous um, yards per attempt, and then lots of touchdowns. In a lot of ways, it's good, right? Like, why mess around by moving the ball up and down the field with with uh, passes? Just go for broke, throw deep,
1: you know, throw touchdown pass. Um, yeah, and, and I did notice that they tried a whole bunch of different things. Uh, Austin was was confident. In the game plan, uh, you know, the, they ran a lot of normal things that we've seen all season long, and then they tried some stuff up um, deep, and which threw FIU for a loop and surprised me as well. And he um, was able to connect on on a lot of those. But you so, were throwing your headset up there in the stand, Jake. What? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on film. <laughs> so uh, it was uh it was fun to see that that they were going to try to mix some things in, try to see if you can you can do those things and. He responded, but you know, five touchdowns in, in a in a half.
0: Yeah, I, I saw that we. I think we might have run it a couple times, but we we get Jaya shorter just on go routes, right? It's a lot what we like. Sometimes a little curl here and there, but they brought him on a little wide receiver over route. It just takes a long time. Well, he, he did it, and we hit him, and he scored a touchdown. Um, it, it's you know we've we've had a little y over, a little tight end over uh, route, a cross, uh, like a deep cross. Uh, that's what we hit UTSA with a couple times, right? Uh, to Varquez gums, and you know we hit Jair Short, and he scored a touchdown. Uh, hopefully, he's okay. Uh, you know, because I think he's gonna continue to be a threat. I think it's it's funny, uh, funny in like uh circumstance, like life is funny, in that North Texas lost a bunch of receivers last season, and that reemphasized the importance of the run game. And so they said, okay, we're going to just run the ball. The importance of the running game. And they ran the ball a ton and be- became their identity. And, uh, you know, now we got all these receivers back. They haven't been really used in the same way, right? we got Tommy Bush, talented guys, shorter, Ward, um, Macklin. A lot of guys have uh, – Burns also. A lot of guys haven't been really used. And then now the emergence of keys Gums, By the way, he's one touchdown short of Marcus Smith's 2014 record by a tight end. Six touchdowns in the season. Um... Varkis gum has been great. Jake Roberts, the speed demon. got a 70-yard pass. <laughs> uh, Jake Roberts. Um, lot, lot of amazing. Yeah, a yep. lot of weapons. And then the running game is going down, right? So, like, running backs uh, hurt, you know, injured. So, you're going to look at the pass game again, and, and now it's putting emphasis on that. I think we're going to see, like you said, some more creativity around the pass game. And you need to, right, because now the run game, you can't just say, all right, let's just dominate through the run game, and then we'll just do a little play action. It's going to look different by necessity. Y- you're still going to run. You still want to give the ball to Ragsdale. You're still going to want to give the ball to, uh, I guess, Quaylon Farrar and and uh, BK Jackson, somebody. Somebody's going to have to run the ball. But I think the you're going to look at some other things and say, you know what, maybe because we can, but also we also have talent over here, right? What about getting Jamori Macklin on a little t- small crossing around and see him let him go work? Um, that's what I expect to see in the next two games um, and hopefully get some guys back. Uh, you know, Like I said, there's UAB on the road. It's a big game um, just because they're a, a good team. It's a good test. right? You want to play good games against quality opponents. You don't want to build bad habits. Just bone out FIU. And then you play uh, Rice at home. That should be a solid game. Rice is not that good, but they're tough. Uh, they give you more room for error than like a UAB, UTSA, Western Kentucky, but um, not as much room for error as like an FIU. Like you said you do a pick six against FIU, you do two interceptions in that game, and you barely even felt it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's forty-five to fourteen at half. You Nobody, know yeah, I mean? it's like you don't it doesn't even matter. Um, they could have pun in yeah, the like, last three drives. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and and um. Well, after the second half started, it was just a change of offense, basically trying to kill the clock. Yeah. Well, let's get out of here. We're good. We're happy with, with the results. Um, I want to point out that Verkies Scums is a freshman. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which is insane.
0: He's going to be very, very good. Um, I, Like, I think what you need for, you know, tight ends. It's hard to build an offense around a tight end, uh, unless you're like in the NFL or something. But you need, you just need to keep, Somebody out wide that can stretch the defense to open it up in the middle for him. And then you keep that little run game going so you can do a little play action. You can sneak him out there. And he can basically have a version of this season for the next four years. Yeah. It's very yeah. good. Somebody
1: that can burn yeah. the quarterbacks like
0: Roderick Burns. <laughs> like, I think long term, you can see Gums getting, like, doing more formation stuff, right? Like, tight ends mm-hmm. tough. I, was it... Um, Mike Price said in, in his playbook, like, uh, tight ends in our offense are expected to block as well as our best linemen, like run block, pass block, and then also know the entire route tree, like our best receivers, right? You need to be special to be a tight end. And that's the case, right? Varquez Gums has been great not only because he's catching little passes and stuff, but because he's been great in the run game uh, along with, you know, Aberding and, and Jake Roberts. Those guys are working. Uh, they're blocking like our linemen, and then they're out there catching passes, scoring touchdowns. Um,
1: yeah, full great. credit to uh, Coach Adrian Mays, who has been who was awesome at Texas State uh, with tight ends, and, and now he's here doing the same thing.
0: Yeah, I like it. Good stuff. I, I mean, I think in the future, you can see him split out wide a little bit more, get a little size advantage where you can kind of throw it to him and let them truck a little corner or something like that. Um, You can see some things happening. Anyway, there's that. Um, you got a lot of room for error in a FIU game. Um, that was good. It, I fully expected a blowout. They put in the, they did the work. They they knocked them out. Uh, took care of business, right? Uh, I think you needed to approach this game with that kind of killer instinct. Like, let's let's score touchdowns. We need to score touchdowns. We are a better football team than them. Not just because we got more talent. We just throw it to anybody, but like better prepared more willing to play all that all, all those other coaching things that's what you wanted to see and I thought we saw that I didn't think that the offense uh like the, the coaching staff came out uh coaching scared or overly aggressive and too loose I think they were prepared and they hit them right they're like we're going to go beat them we're going to go take full advantage of them and they did and um you know there were some mistakes a couple of interceptions but those are the kind of mistake, uh, mistakes I think Ani makes against anybody. So I don't think it was like, I'm being loose with the ball, trying to be crazy. It was just normal Austin Ani kind of things. So fine with me yeah, in, as yeah, much, in as much as that. A lot of insight game. you can gain from there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so the, the defense showed out. They held them to under 300 yards uh, in the game. First time since 2021 against FIU. So uh, if you're an FIU fan, you're like, man. I remember them Sunbelt days when we used to <laughs> you know, throw to T. Y. Hilton. He used to get three hundred yards by himself, that guy. Um I think he did. I think, you know, he might have had three hundred plus yards, all purpose yards against us. Uh returning kicks, or getting uh receiving touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh
0: well there you go. So uh easy win, walk walk away win against FIU, one of the conference's worst teams. Um the other terrible team we don't play, Charlotte. And we don't play middle, which is another bad team. But we did play UTEP, which is like mediocre. So you
1: know, figure that out. And what felt good about this win against a bad team is that it was a complete win. You know, it when we beat what was it Sam Houston or Texas Southern this this season? Texas Southern, Texas Southern. Like I had question marks. Like oh, that didn't feel good. That that didn't feel a hundred percent like a win. Definitely. Um, but today or this this yesterday when we beat FIU. It felt like a complete win.
0: Yeah, so against Texas Southern, I think they allowed 400 yards of offense, right? They were just kind of zipping past everybody. There were some questions about the defense. Guys stepped up. They've been so much better, right? Uh, That stretch, SMU, Texas Southern, UNLV, it was just a lot of bad, bad defense, right? I don't know what exactly was happening. Because uh, I don't think you can just get better at tackling, but it might be that everybody was more comfortable with what they needed to do, so they can play with speed, and so they're and therefore they're tackling better. And it could be it could have been that they're like, I think I'm supposed to be here, and they're unsure, and so they you know they're not ready to tackle like with violence and aggression or whatever. You know, defensive coaches are crazy, so they're just kind of like you know playing off the back foot. That can contribute to it. I don't know. But I know on on film, you, you look at it, they're so much better. They attack the ball better, they move as a unit, like the the secondary. They don't like it's not like this guy's in the right spot. They're pointing out, no, you're supposed to be there. What are you doing? Come over here. Uh good stuff. Uh I mean, I think there's a question, like, what we're not getting to the quarterback Is, you know, what's going on? It's bad. From what I saw. It looked like Grayson James, uh, the FIU quarterback, was getting the ball out quickly, and I think FIU wanted to do that for a number of reasons. One, they don't really trust their team just yet. A lot of young guys. And so their offense is sort of simple in that it's like, get the ball out quick. The first route, a little shoot route to the running back. A little curl route, a little Y-stick. Just really quick stuff. And I think North Texas was content to say, we'll keep it all in front of us. We're not going to... They give you... If you do, a, like, a big blitz on that kind of stuff and they throw it real quick that and then the guy makes a catch and he slips a tackle, it's touchdown time. So they were like, we'll just drop eight. We'll rush three. We'll drop eight. We'll make the tackle. And they'll punt. And that's basically what happened, at least from what I saw. They did a great job making that tackle.
1: Yeah, and... It was happening so quickly that, that I would... Because it was me and my son at the game. Yeah. And <laughs> we, I would talk to him and he'd ask me, you know, six-year-old questions. I, yeah. I don't know what the answer to that is. And then it, it'd be, it's, all right, Mean Green Nation, third down. It's like, already? Oh, <laughs> that first score, I was talking to him and I looked up. I was like, oh, we scored. <laughs> it, it, it was insane how things were happening.
0: Yeah, it, it's like, I mean... North Texas was up 24 at, nothing at the end of the first quarter, um, you know, 45-14 at the end of the first half. That's a whole game's worth of points right there, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, can't even text people this. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, we scored three more times in the time it took me to compose this text. So, completely, like, we can put that aside, right? What does all this mean? North Texas is 5-1 and one in conference. That's good for second place. Uh, UAB, uh, UTSA, I'm sorry, is first. They're five and 5-0. Oh. Uh, they played one fewer game than we have in conference play and uh, it, it doesn't really matter they have the head-to-head tiebreaker of course right we we lost in San Antonio um, so we need UTSA to lose twice for North Texas to earn the conference title game hosting position right and win the regular season title as it stands uh, UTSA escaped from UAB 44 to Thirty-eight, I think it was, uh, in double overtime. UAB was down fourteen. They scored a touchdown. They get a stop. They drove. They drove like seventy yards in thirty seconds. They hit Trey Shopshire over the top. Touchdown UAB. And unlike LSU, they did not go for two. They said we'll just kick the field goal, and they did. They kicked the field goal. Um, went to overtime. They scored. Then UTSA scored. Then UTSA scored. Then UAB. Uh, the the guy Zeno took a sack on third down. It was like fourth and twenty, and incomplete. UAB loses. Um, I mean, I, I think UAB said this is our championship game. There was all of twelve people in protective stadium stands. I think there will be even fewer people when North Texas goes over there. Uh. What we thought was going to be a big game, big important game, is not. Right? In 2018, we went to UAB, and um, that was a very big, very huge game. And we went up 21-10, and then uh, we didn't score again in the second half. And uh, UAB won and they ended hopes of that 2018 season. I thought it was going to be something like that in this game. It is not. Uh, UAB is pretty much done. They have four conference losses.
1: Yeah, yeah, our important game was Western Kentucky yeah. to, to make sure we stayed in contention for the conference title, and then yesterday to, I guess, pad that, that lead and then also get bowl eligibility.
0: Yeah, I mean, on paper, FIU was very much in it. Like, I said it on the site, right? If FIU would have won out from then on, they would have been in the conference championship game, right? They would have only had two losses. They're still in contention, just like Rice is. Rice only has the two losses. Uh, but I think in terms, of, in terms of quality, like, you know, FIU, you know, their two wins in conference game against Charlotte, again, the worst team in, in the league. And then, um, uh, what is it, Louisiana Tech, the worst defense in the league. So, you know, you're like, okay, right. they won, but, you know, anybody can play those teams. Anybody can beat those teams. Um, th- I think that's the difference between this North Texas team and last year's is that we beat, was at UTEP, we beat FIU, and then we escaped against Rice, and then, and then we're kind of like, is this any good? And then we played, like, number 11, UTSA. Um, That was sort of a surprise, so I was like, look, we beat them, we sort of got confidence back, but I don't know if we could beat UTSA at home. They're a good team, they're an actual good team. Um, Fortunately, it was raining, and UTSA doesn't like the rain, and then fortunately, uh, like, UTSA played a big game against UAB the week before, so they were kind of on a letdown. And um so we got a like sort of diminished version of them. Whatever, you got to show up and play. Um all that to say is that North Texas this season has played much tougher versions of conference opponents than it did last year, right? So 10 and 1 since we lost to Marshall was that late October uh where I think I wrote that it is awful, it's looking bad, the wheels are falling off. I think we were down like 38 something whatever at halftime. Like it just it was very bad. Like, Ani's thrown all over the place. I think uh, Jace Ruder got back in and he was throwing all over. But there was this very bad offense. Since that point, we lost to Liberty the next week. Since that point, 10 and 1. 10 and 1 in conference play. That's very impressive. Uh, and then that first half, maybe you're like 5 and 0 against weaker teams, like I said. This this 5 and 1 so far this season, very impressive. Like UTEP's not so good, like you said. Uh, uh, FAU, mediocre. They're a solid team. Louisiana Tech, worst defense in the in the league. But UTSA played them very well, played them very tough, on the road, almost won. Western Kentucky. Yeah, it, it took a miraculous drive for UTSA to to beat us. Yeah. Um, and it, so Western Kentucky, we, we talked about it in the end of the game. We, we figured to have a chance, you got to split against the top two teams in the league. We thought that second team was going to be UAB, and Jeff Traylor called them the best team, and, you know, whatever. There's a lot of talent in that squad. Um, they had their backup quarterback Zeno, you know, right? But he went to Baylor. I mean, he's he has talent. He's not like just a You can. He's you can tell he's pretty good. Just not a whole lot of experience. Um, it, UAB got surpassed by Western Kentucky. We beat Western Kentucky at Western Kentucky. So UAB is not as good a team. They're still talented, but you drop them down a little bit. That was a great game that was played. Like full credit to UTSA. They, um, I don't know. They find ways to win that way, and it's a little frustrating
1: <laughs> to watch a play like that. They.
0: They won again. How do they keep
1: doing it? Um, <laughs> yeah, and and you know sometimes the football bounces the right way for UTSA or no for any team, and some seasons are worse and some seasons are better. And I think for us uh, that conference title year with Mason Fine, um, that one was yeah. one of those seasons for us that that the ba- the ball was bouncing the right way.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> was it? Uh, we we said that if you if a ball bounces this way or that way in like three games then what goes from a bowl eligible conference title participant becomes a you know over could have been what could have happened kind of season like we i don't say got lucky but we were fortunate against army uh fortunate against UAB that season and uh, there's a few others i remember that were like it came down to one or two scores i think there was like three four one score games now that, that year um all right, so but this season, UTSA, what I like about them is that they're aggressive, right? I think I appreciate teams that try to be aggressive and try to go win the game. We saw LSU last night against Alabama. You know, it's overtime. Let's go for the win. We need one play, and we win the game. Let's go do it. Let's not be scared, right? Like, oh, but what if we lose? But what if we win? You know, that that's the way to play, I think. Let's go win the game, especially if you're at home. And so... You can see like UTSA will play to win the game, right? They'll say, fourth down, we need one play. Let's go do it. Against us, right? Against North Texas, they got to the play all the way down. They said, instead of like spiking the ball and then resetting, they said, let's go try to win the game. And I appreciate that in the team. Uh, I respect them for it. UAB was, they were going for it in fourth down, but UTSA was playing aggressive too, right? They played with aggression. They went for an onside kick early. Um, they, they tried to win the game. Um, they went for it on fourth down. went for two at uh, some other point. That That's how I think that for – why am I talking about UTSA? Because I'm talking about North Texas. If North Texas is going to turn into a good team, a good program, I think that little mindset has to switch. Like Step one is playing, playing a good game, <laughs> playing your game plan. Can you execute a game plan? The basics. Okay, cool. We're doing that. We're beating the teams that are bad. Okay um how do we adjust to things how do we stay creative stay hungry and not just say all right well we have a game plan we're not gonna change it like that game plan worked how do we build on that are we building are we building a game plan um
1: I think though is
0: sorry you're saying something I think I hung up on you
1: <laughs> okay so uh, what I was saying is that that what allows what allows UTSA to be aggressive is that they've got confidence in their size and their speed yeah. and their their um, uh, in, in all in all facets the the speed of the quarterback the accuracy of the quarterback the, the size of the line yeah. the size of their receivers and the speed of their receivers having that confidence allows them to be more aggressive i feel and i think we've been conservative uh you know when the when the game script has changed uh where we've got a lead whether it's three points or or 14 points we all of a sudden change to a different team where we're trying to eat the clock when, yeah. when we should be just attacking and attacking and attacking.
0: Yeah, and so that that makes sense, right? I like think it doesn't come from nowhere. Like you either trust your guys or you don't, as a staff or as a team, as a player. Like a quarterback, you see the guy, you are like, I know that I throw this ball. He's, or I know that he's gonna be in the right spot. I know he's gonna fight for the ball. I know what, you, whatever, you know, what I mean? like you, you sort of trust your teammate, um, and then whatever the case is, right? Like you, you trust your lineman to protect you. Um, like when you're doing a pass, um, you know you trust them to get the blocks they need, all that other stuff. It it does come down to trust, and it comes. So when when you're winning, you win, you, you, know, you build on it, right? You you're building uh, a game plan, you're building trust with your teammates, so that way when it comes time, uh, you're choosing winning over not losing. You know what I'm saying? Like let's go mm-hmm. win the game, and I think that's the next step for North Texas. Uh, Ten and one in conference again. Conference USA is not not amazing. It's not like. It's not the SEC out here. It's fine, it, but, but you it's still a, a good feat. Yeah, if Conference Impressive. USA sucks, I'd rather be the best team in Conference USA than the worst team in Conference USA. Right? Imagine being the worst team in a sucky conference, like FIU. You know, Charlotte. That's why they right. fired right. what's name. They're like, "Look, dude, it's Conference USA. You're out of here, Will Healy. We like you.
1: You're young, but you ain't winning." So, um, which is a shame. He, he was. He, I liked him. He he brought some energy. At that point, he was, what, the youngest yeah. coach in the nation?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think one thing I've noticed about uh, your ability, if you like him, you get along with him, you, Aldo, then they're probably going to get fired. <laughs> for being <laughs> t- <laughs> Mike, yeah. Mike Sanford. Western Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, yeah, Mike Sanford, Western Kentucky, uh, Will Healy, Charlotte.
1: <laughs> I don't like Butch Davis, though. <laughs> Every you, you, time he tried to talk to him, he was like, in my days with the Cowboys, I'm like, well, we're not talking about the Cowboys. Why are right. you just... You know, shoehorning cowboys into this conversation. We're talking about the, the cheese board. <laughs> he
0: he was a great conversationalist. I mean, I like hearing him talk. Uh, I, and so <laughs> I was watching Wolfman with my kids, like the 1941 version. I, I enjoy this. My kids are like six. You know, they're they're under six, right? They're young, old enough to watch a movie, young enough to be scared by a guy in a rubber suit in the 1930s production of a monster movie. Uh, but, you know, I was thinking about you. He's still scary today. <laughs> <laughs> so we are watching The Wolfman, and the kids are freaking out. But, you know, they show the sign of the wolf, right? You can see that in his next victim. Um, that's what it is for you, right? You see, if you like them, you see the sign. Oh, they're going to get fired.
1: <laughs> that, the black mark. Code. Yeah.
0: Uh, apparently, it's a pentagram in the old one. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was
1: thinking of uh, uh, Pirates of the Car- Caribbean.
0: <laughs> yeah. So w- what we get out of all this is that... Uh, <laughs> Aldo has a clairvoyance. Um and <laughs> I I think North Texas is improving, right? We're still improving. Uh they're they're still getting to the spot where they can be a good team. I don't know that they're the best team in this league. Uh like well, I mean not the best, but they are one of the best teams in the league right now. Right, just on paper, performance, all that. They play the best, right? Of all the 11 teams, and I've watched a lot of Conference USA football, unfortunately, I think UTSA, University of North Texas, Western Kentucky are the top three teams. And then UAB is right there. When UAB is playing at home, they're better. When they're on the road, they're terrible. They're at home in this next game coming up. But I think the motivation is sort of falling off. They lost at FAU last drive of the game um they pulled out all the stops against UTSA at home in a big game and then they they left empty-handed. And so now they're going to get North Texas, I don't know. I don't know it. It could be that they're going to get they're going to be as ready to play as they could be. But you never know, right? You know, like they got an interim coach. It just it just kind of creates uncertainty. And um you know, there you go. That you have a situation where they had motivation to play against UTSA. Uh, I thought, you know, they they were down, had to come back, just all this other stuff. Where you're like, I don't know that that they did a great job. Now, yeah. U, so UTSA has a lot more answers than I think we do, and we're we're a little unhealthy right now. So
1: mm-hmm. the the only thing I can see that UAB might have motivation for is to get bowl eligible, but yeah. they're sitting at four and five. Yeah. They're not at, at at the five wins yet, which would give them more motivation. And they're two and four in conference. Uh, yeah, and like you said, I think I think the air is being let out of their balloon. Um, so we'll, we'll see how they respond next week.
0: Yeah. So that sets up next week. Like um, um, we normally, maybe if it was a bigger game, like stop and do a preview of it and just really talk about it. Uh, but I don't think it's worthy of it anymore. If North Texas were to lose that game somehow, some way, uh, which is possible, you know. I think you lose that game, North Texas will be sitting at two losses in conference. However, um, we have the head-to-head against Western Kentucky, also with two losses. Uh, we play Rice, which has two losses right now, uh, you know, the next week. So you just got to beat them to get in. And I think it's like FAU somewhere. Um, I forget the last standings. But basically, it looks fine, right? You're, you're not eliminated with the loss to UAB. Now, you take care of business. You don't got to worry about anything. You know it's fine. Um, if you win out, you're in. That's that's what you want from North Texas. Meanwhile, you need UTSA to lose two games uh, against Louisiana Tech. Again, the worst defense in the, in the <laughs> conference. UTEP, totally UTEP, the picture of mediocrity. Uh, and uh, who else? They have Rice. I think that's what it is. So, not really looking super likely that they will drop two. Uh, it was. It was. <laughs> The idea was, like, they lose to UAB, a team that can beat them, and then they drop one to one of the other ones, and you're mostly looking at Rice as being that team. As it is, it would take a tremendous uh, fall for them to lose two. So I think you can maybe book your tickets um, to San Antonio, your hotel accommodations for December 2nd. It's a Friday, by the way, Uh, for the conference championship game, and uh, feel reasonably confident that it's you know it's gonna happen
1: yeah yeah and you know it's it's in all, all this talk about wanting UTSA to lose is not to not play them but mm-hmm. for us to host the title game
0: yeah 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 exactly like UTSA would need to lose three games for them to be out that would be ridiculous and we'd play like Western Kentucky again uh, which would be pretty tough. So, uh, all right, here, here's the, sets up the rest of the, the season, right? Like, we only played two more games. We being North Texas. Uh, I'm falling into that trap. I was making fun of a broadcaster for saying we all the time. And now I'm saying we. But I'm an alum, you know. I went I went there. It's a we. Uh, so, North Texas has two games. UAB and then Rice. In between is a buy, And that is amazing for us right now. Great job, schedule maker, Ren Baker. Uh, schedule maker, Ren Baker. Uh, because that buy comes at a perfect time. It sets them up like you need that rest especially now all the running backs are injured Just get everybody healthy for those last two games play Rice at home conference championship game it's a quick turnaround by the way it's friday
1: yeah for the following week right yeah. so he baked in he baked in the bye at the right time <laughs> ren baker baked in the bye schedule maker
0: um what else is there uh utsa they're going to play three games and i mean they only had the one buy, right? Uh, they had, um, or they have, on their schedule. I think it's Tech next week, um, and then UTEP, and then, and then they play Rice. Uh, I think that's how that goes. I think well, they have a buy play. before. Did they have a buy before the schedule? I can't remember. I might have to look uh-huh. up their schedule right
1: now. We, we've got two buys, I believe, because we started on week zero, and I think that gave us two buys. That makes sense.
0: Uh, okay, I, I had it wrong. So they, it's Tech for UTSA, then it's Rice. And then it's UTEP. They play UTEP, the final game of the season. We play Rice, the final game of the season, uh, right after Thanksgiving. All right, so, I mean, good times. I'm looking forward to the rest of this. We have, it's pretty much, uh, I would say, is that you you basically have to become a gambler. Like even if you're not putting money on it, you're maybe putting money down on a hotel, maybe a flight or something, right, to get the conference championship game. You're like, do I think that we're going to host this game? If so, I will book this hotel. If not, I'm going to book a hotel here. And then you're playing that game, you know, the cancellations and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it is, it's probably going to be in San Antonio. I think it's all but, you know, certain that UTSA will host it. Um, and North Texas, as I say, has about like an 85% chance of being the, the opponent in that game. I mean, again, we can l- drop two in a row. It's very possible. We're not that good. We can lose two games and then, you know, but make it real scary. Uh, and then we'll be... Out, that would be terrible. But right now, it looks like North Texas is playing the conference championship game against UTSA. A little rematch, uh, and I think we need a big contingent of green in that one, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yeah, I have to, I have to.
0: Yeah, that means you're gonna have to make it down there, Albert. So are you gonna do it? Uh, yeah, I have to. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to my wife. I was like, "How are we gonna do it? We're gonna bring all the kids, a lot of money, <sighs> a lot of flight. Who's gonna watch these kids? Is it who's gonna go? It, it was just the whole thing. Right? We gotta we gotta deal with Uh It is like placing a bet." So um that that's it. That sets up the rest of the season. Also there's a bowl game. I can tell you, and uh if you're a member of the Athletic staff getting ready to sell me tickets or call me up, I'm like, don't you wanna go to beautiful Myrtle Beach? Uh no, the answer is no. I'm not gonna go anywhere for a bowl game. I am going to be doing my best to get to San Antonio for a conference championship game. Uh and and do that that one. Um, you know, I think in my time, conference conference USA like Mingre Nation and then USA report, I don't think I've seen in person a a North Texas Conference Championship game. You know, I know like the yeah I have like the basketball team obviously played in one, but that was during the pandemic. Nobody was anywhere. I I didn't go to that one. Uh, I went to you know cover the tournament last last season. Um. And, you know, North Texas was eliminated by Louisiana Tech. Uh, And I don't know. I think this will be it. Like, I I covered Western Kentucky uh, at, you know, San Antonio, that championship game. I've been to Murfreesboro. Uh, I said the 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 change, the difference between Murfreesboro title game uh, against UAB and UTSA title game versus, um, you know, Western Kentucky was stark. Um I think Texas teams do a much better job of caring about football than anybody else. It is what
1: it is. I mean, it's important, right? <laughs> <laughs> you schedule your life around football.
0: I mean, yeah, it, it it does matter. Like I was telling my wife, I was like, you know, I was like, you know what? I wish I didn't care about sports sometimes, because then uh, I think I'd be a lot richer, you know.
1: <laughs> I had more time for other things.
0: Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. To the Minger Nation podcast, uh, Al, do you have anything else you wanna you wanna mention?
1: No, I mean it was fun uh, going out there. The atmosphere was great at homecoming. Yeah. The uh, I took a, a picture of the stadium and the students filled it up. the The alumni f- filled it up. The tail was had, had a lot of folks in there. There's a lot of energy. Uh, <laughs> me and my son. I had uh, two burgers. My son had a pretzel, popcorn, M Ms. Um, it was a lot of food, and we felt like crap when we got home, but it was worth it.
0: <laughs> uh, that's good. I, I was, you know, what's funny is that you and I, we played video games, right, online last night, and then we woke up early, and it felt like a kid. I felt like a kid, like the way <laughs> I, used to, you know, then in the summer, I'd stay up all night playing with my brothers, my cousins, or neighbors, and then wake up as soon as I could and then play video games again, and then my mom was like, did y'all eat breakfast? What are y'all doing? I was like, oh, yeah, oh, uh, uh, we'll I'm not hungry. There. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it it was kind of like that this weekend. Uh, it's good. Yeah, uh, you know, like being like a, um, uh, a douchebag analyst a little uh, for a second. That if you're gonna win, right, you want to win in the season opener. You want to win um, like against whoever you're playing on homecoming. That's how you build good rapport with the fans. Everybody that came, they saw a big win. And they're like, "Yeah, that was fun. We blew them out. We drank a lot. That was a great time." Those are super important, right? And then, obviously, you want the big games, right? Uh, because North Texas is in the conference title race, that's going to build you know, momentum. Um, you know, like, I think this is good heading into AAC. At the very least, just being a conference title game participant is just huge, right? Everybody's talking about Western Kentucky last year. They have a little cachet, a little bit of respect. As you go into the AAC where you got you see SMU scored 77, they won 77-63 against Houston. Mm. Just ridiculous. Um it's a different ball game. Um you're going to new you know, a new league. You sort of start at zero and all you have is like your reputation. North Texas has a chance to say, "Yeah, we are we won a conference title there." Um but at the very least they can say, "Well, we went to two conference title games, right? A division win and went to two conversational games, which I don't think is overly impressive, uh, but I think it's better than the the Converse, which is just the one appearance that we got blown out in. Um, so,
1: yeah, yeah, you don't want to walk into this new, more productive league and say, "Well, I, well, I guess we'll see what we can do, guys." But uh, it's not looking great. You know, we saw how we did in a port conference, yeah. And you know, just just hang in there. I, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be. Um, you know, we twenty twenty two was highly productive, and we're rolling into AAC looking to make some noise. So that's what I'm hoping for.
0: Yeah. So that's the thing is that like the top of Conference USA, like like two or three, maybe three or four teams on, on a good year, like 2018, North Texas, Louisiana Tech, UAB, were all very good teams, right? Um, this season it's you know like I said, it's UTSA, Western, and then North Texas are the three best teams. Uh. Top of the conference, it's always been able to compete. About I'd say about mid tier AAC this season, less so. Like Memphis is pretty bad, and we we didn't do that great against them. Uh, SMU is sort of mid tier, and you know obviously we got blown out against them. Um, you know, like it, it. But on average, it's about how it works. Um, this is a down year for Conference USA. Uh, you know, it is. You know, like I said it's still relatively impressive that North Texas is doing this. But I think you want to you want to ride that, ride the momentum, get into AAC with some feel good. I think that'll help everything. Everything that you need. Like if you're gonna keep Seth the Trail around, which I don't think is unreasonable at this point in time, considering that he's answered a lot of questions that we asked of him. Hey, can you win a big game? Yes, I can. Hey, can you um you know dominate your conference ten and one, and you know two over two seasons? Can you compete for titles every so often? Yes, right. Beat number 11 UTSA conference champ last season and then earn their way to a conference championship game with a chance to win it, right? I think those are the questions that you asked. And now there's there's bonus. It gives you a passing grade. There's a bonus points past that. Like, can you win non-conference games? Can you, you know, get a national ranking? Can you recruit big-time players? Can you not get blown out by UNLV? Um, stuff like that. That'll That'll help do other things. But right now, I think North Texas is trending in a very good direction—a the, the direction we want that we are practically begging for for a long time. Um, yes,
1: what, we, what we've <laughs> wanted for a long, long time. We, we you don't want to be like Houston, going into the Big Twelve with a whole bunch of question marks.
0: Yeah, yeah, it—that's definitely not it. And uh, I mean, the good here is another some other good news, right? FAU, which is pretty pretty mediocre right now, will be in the AAC with us. Uh, Charlotte, which is awful, will be in AAC with us. Uh, UAB. Which is on a down skid will be in the league with us, so maybe we got a, a few, a few maybe just yeah. let we'll go ahead and put we'll in, get some help in yeah. dark pencil that kind of pencil that's hard to erase. You know, <laughs> we'll put those in there uh, as wins in there. Anyway, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Now for real, we're done. I'm not gonna play the music uh, on the way out just so you can be done. Go to the next podcast. Listen to Joe Rogan next. Thanks everybody. coming Green.
1: Coming Green.